1: Welcome to the Monday Roto-Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports-rich. I'm Jake Latarski joined today by Chris Benzie, and if you're out there on Twitter, give Chris a follow at Crispy272002. You can follow me on Twitter at JakeSki52. Before we get started, a quick reminder, if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher, please take a second to uh, click five stars, rate and review the pod, shoot us some feedback, any and all feedback is greatly appreciated here. Chris, we've got a Monday-Thursday slate to talk about and then we're going to go ahead and discuss all the quarterbacks for the week Four slate. But first and foremost, I uh, see so you got a new pair of headphones here. Uh, they're, they're large, they're like a beige color. Can you tell me what brand they are and, and give me the 30-second review? Man, they're uh,
2: Sennheiser, you know, the, the quality Sennheiser brand. Now, I just needed an upgrade in headphones. The, I've bought uh, a bunch of cheap ones in the past they just break and Mm -hmm. i'm spending a lot of money so i'm hoping these ones will last longer period Mm -hmm.
1: the the longer they remind me of the beats by dre studio ones you know where they have the cord that plug in and uh and and they look pretty large i mean are are you worried about a neck strain at all i'm not
2: worried too much i think my head can support this uh can support this beast but uh so far it's it's decent uh, I don't have too many complaints. The cord's a little longer than I expected. It mm-hmm. could extend across a room if it needs to, but uh don't anticipate needing that. But, I, I mean, I guess it's better than that, than having a short cord, which I've had in
1: the past. All right, Sennheiser Studio Headphones, on a scale of zero to five stars? We'll go about three and a half to four right now all right sounds good still in the preliminary stages hopefully
2: it improves as it goes on
1: exactly so on the football here uh, this is the daily fantasy sports podcast of course sponsored by by FanDuel, and uh, we're going to start off of course every monday we've been doing uh, a complete breakdown of all the quarterbacks by tier as well as offering up some gpp plays but because there is always typically a monday thursday slate we like to dive into that so we're going to go through all positions a little bit on the monday thursday slate Uh, of course quarterbacks running backs receivers tight ends There's a lot going on here. First and foremost, we have got uh, Monday Night Football with the Atlanta Falcons heading to New Orleans, and uh, it's looking like it's going to be a pretty high-scoring affair. Over-under on this game, 53.5 Saints, minus 2.5 home favorites here. Of course, they always play really well at home. And then the other game in this slate, uh, of course, the Monday-Thursday slate, always just two-game slates. We've got the Miami Dolphins against Cincinnati. Over-under I'm not seeing yet, but the Bengals early minus six and a half point favorites here. I mean, the Dolphins really struggled to get past the Browns, but that's another story here. Looking at the quarterback situation though, for the Monday, Thursday slate, Chris, uh, there's really four options here. You've got Drew Brees, 9,000, Matt Ryan, 8,500, Andy Dalton, 7,500, Ryan Tannehill, 7,400. For me, There's no question you have to pick either Breeze or Matt Ryan, and because it's only a two-game slate, you should have plenty of cash to do for. Is there any reason to go after those other guys, or what's your preference between Breeze and Ryan?
2: There may be an argument for one of them, but I I still feel like I would go with one of the top two in Breeze or Matt Ryan, and I think if I'm going to choose between the two, it is Breeze at home Mm -hmm. in that Superdome where he's always at his best, whereas, uh, whereas Matt Ryan... He can be a little shaky sometimes on the road, and mm-hmm. he's in the, in an environment like the Superdome division game. Could be yeah. a clash that... A high-scoring clash, mm-hmm. possibly. And uh, you do mention that, uh, I believe, Willie Sneed is unavailable. Yeah, yeah for he's game.
1: not expected to play. Not he hasn't officially to. been ruled out yet, but all signs are pointing to Willie Sneed being ruled out. Yeah. So, But that doesn't knock your Breeze pick too much?
2: I don't think it does. They have mm-hmm. a lot of weapons to go with. They have Michael Thomas. They have Kobe Fleener, They have Brandon Cooks. They have... Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I mean, I, so I just think guys, I, I think that, that offense uh, that not- a, a, a Breeze Cook stack is going to be a staple, and I might you can even make a case for throwing Mark Ingram in there. Typically, you don't want to go that heavy, but you might have to sometimes when it's only a four game slate. But I'm going to go ahead and agree with you, Chris. I think the only choice here is picking between this high over-under game, Breeze, Ryan, and Breeze has got to be your man playing at home. Uh, You know, the the New Orleans defense did kind of hold Eli Manning or Beckham in check a little bit when they played. I know that was the big DFS stack where everyone was going to be going after the Giants that week. That was the chalk play didn't quite work out here. So I think the safest play, at least in all of your cash games, and maybe even some GPPs, is going to be Drew Breeze. Because when it's a two-game slate, you come very close to being able to use the top player at each position so you might want to differentiate in GPPs but Tannehill didn't show me enough against the Browns to want to give him a shot Dalton I mean he, he it was a Denver defense so a tough matchup don't want to knock him too much maybe if you're trying to win some sort of life changing money and need a GPP play you could bank on the high over-under game being low scoring or a breeze injury or something and go with one of those guys but i wouldn't advise it for uh your cash games at all what about the running back position chris uh there's some some interesting plays here we've got uh, a lot going on here at running back starting off Devontae freeman highest price guy only 7400 Mark Ingram, who I alluded to earlier, 6,900. Arian Foster, 6,800, but he has been ruled out. Tevin Coleman, 6,400. Jeremy Hill, 6,400. Kenyon Drake, 6,400. Gio Bernard, 5,700 after another disappointing week three. Jay Ajayi, 5,700. Any of those options stand out to you for the Monday-Thursday slate?
2: Yeah, I'm actually looking down the board a little bit. Mm -hmm. I kind of like Tevin Coleman at 6,400. He's been up in his uh, totals and totes the last couple weeks, up to 12 last week. 46 in a touchdown and the week before he actually caught six uh five passes on six targets for mm-hmm. 95 yards so he's getting involved in that offense a lot more and, and hence the reason Devontae freeman's price is starting to drop I, I believe in terms of uh value he hasn't really put up mm-hmm. much coleman's actually outperformed him so far uh but freeman did the ball a few more times but both of them will be involved in that offense and Coleman seems to be a little more in, uh, involved in the pass game too which is definitely beneficial in formats even though FanDuel is only a half point PPR still you're getting that extra half points for all the of the catches that Coleman gets and he seems to be involved heavily Mm -hmm. in that offense as well
1: yeah I agree with Coleman uh, just because I think Coleman Freeman are almost a toss-up at this point they're both getting equal if not greater touches towards Coleman I mean Freeman running the ball a little bit more but I think the touch and carry reception when you mash it all together it's too close for there to really be any price difference here so because of the toss-up I go ahead and go with Coleman the other player I'm going to advocate big time here is Jeremy Hill now he had an excellent game uh, over 90 yards two rushing touchdowns against the Denver Broncos defense which is generally regarded as one of the best run defenses and now they get an opponent in Miami who is dead last in the league now it's a small sample size only three weeks but 147 yards per game on the ground uh, given up by the Miami defense here so all those factors into account Jeremy Hill and Tevin Coleman is the duo that I'm going to use at running back in the Monday Thursday slate however I did see when I put my lineup together I was using a lot of the rest of the top price options here um I did have some money left over, so it is very tempting to go mark Ingram, but I think, as far as value, bang for your buck goes, it's going to be a Coleman Hill combo for me. What about wide receiver though we mentioned Willie Sneed is probably out for this game. You got to lock Julio Jones in your lineup at ninety three hundred right
2: I think so. I mean there he does have like an ankle concern, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's enough to. It's not like a serious concern, and I don't believe it should impact his play much. And they're going to feed him the ball. I think he's not. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be an issue. And just the question of can you? How many of these guys can you afford on top of the list? Like you said, you kind of like those Cook stacks with Breeze, and I would probably agree with that. You don't really have a ton of options down the list too much mm-hmm. in this game. But if you're going to go for like, uh, if you're going to go for a turn and play. I could see maybe like throwing in one of those other Saints receivers that's going to be in there, like a Michael Thomas. Exactly. He could be a guy you throw in there low down the list that's may not mm-hmm. be heavily owned, but could still get involved will be more involved in this game with if mm-hmm. Sneed doesn't play.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh when I I'm just kind of piecing together a lineup here. I've got Drew Brees, Tevin Coleman, Jeremy Hill. And if I click Julio Jones, AJ Green, and Brandon Cooks, um, and I put in just a basic, I mean, kick, kickers and defenses are all within a few hundred dollars of each other, so I just put in the kicker and defenses that I like, which I'll get to in a second. Only 3,300 left for the tight end position, and of course you can't fill a lineup like that. So you have to pick Julio Jones, A.J. Green, or Brandon Cooks to fade. In this matchup and just the way it's played out I want to keep as much of this over-under game as possible so I took AJ Green out of this lineup in favor of now I'm a little bit torn if I want to go because Breeze is my quarterback I could use uh, Michael Thomas as my third receiver but I also Kind of like using Muhammad Sanu in this spot, just in case Jones is limited in any way by by that ankle injury. But, I, I mean, you have to have Julio Jones in the lineup. There's no question there. So, and you, you got a third favorite receiver, or are you kind of deciding, are you in the same boat as me deciding between those, uh, the Michael Thomas and the uh, and maybe the, and the Muhammad Sanu? I could see either
2: those two or another guy, Devontae Parker, seems to be Mm-hmm. Performing well, he, he's a guy that's a bigger guy that can uh, get in the end zone. He's a really yep. big, a red zone threat. More mm-hmm. unlike like Jarvis Landry, he's more of a smaller guy that kind of just makes his way getting into open space in the field. When you get to where the field shrinks, you need to hit those bigger guys. And Devontae mm-hmm. Parker is one of those guys that you could see hauling in a touchdown pass or some, or maybe two, maybe not. But either way, he can mm-hmm. get involved enough in the offense that he can bring some value at sixty two hundred mm-hmm. as the as the third option at wide receiver. Exactly.
1: If I take out Julio Jones and put in Jarvis Landry, I still can't pick anywhere near remotely uh, a starting tight end. So what I got to do then is I take out, uh, so I, I use Julio Jones, Brandon Cooks, and let's just say I go Mohamed Sanu as my third receiver that gives me 5100 for tight end I could go to Croft or Ozuma for tight end but I'm gonna even go down the list a little more let's just say I go uh Parker for tight end now I'm up to 5400 and then I could use someone well Jordan Cameron's been ruled out so really let's talk about tight end Chris the top three tight ends Jacob Tammy Colby Fleener Tyler Eifert and then of course Jordan Cameron Cameron's ruled out for the game. Tyler Eifert could come back, so I think there's some GPP consideration there. But for my cash games, it really comes down to Tammy or Fleener for me. How about you?
2: I would think so, because especially if you're doing a a lineup uh, the Monday-Thursday, you're not going to know when you're doing this lineup, if Eifert's going to play or not, because they're Mm -hmm. a Thursday game. So you don't know yet if that's the case. So you're really risking it. So if if you're going to do that, that's a GPP play, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And with Cameron out, I don't really see the backup value in either n- none of the other tight ends down below have really put up any points to make them worthy of ownership, especially in cash games. You're not, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. you want not, to get yourself a good floor. Yes, you need a decent floor, and even though Fleener's hasn't, partic- hasn't particularly been good in the first couple games, he's a guy that, mm-hmm. I, especially if Willie Sneed's out of this lineup, he's a guy that I could see being a little more heavily involved in the offense as well. Exactly. So if you're looking, instead of Um, instead of going super cheap at wide receiver and going down to Michael Thomas, maybe you go with... Him Mm -hmm. with uh, Fleener at tight end. Exactly. And then you choose some other receivers there if you want to get another piece of the Saints game.
1: Well, here's what I did with my lineup. Okay, so I've got Breeze, Coleman, Hill, Jones, and Cooks. Then I put in Devontae Parker, and I used Jacob Tamme, 5,500. And my kicker in defense, I went Cincinnati with both, Mike Nugent and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, for my kicker, I think I would prefer to get a piece that high over-under game. If possible, I would go Matt Bryant over Mike Nugent. That being said... I just I wanted to have that extra hundred dollars for tight end, so that's why I made the sacrifice because I'd rather have uh, you know a higher projected tight end than kicker. I mean, kicker kind of a crapshoot when it comes to DFS. I think it's between uh, Bryant and Nugent in this one, forty seven hundred and forty six hundred, respectively for defense. Though Chris, there's only one choice, and that's got to be the Cincinnati Bengals at forty five hundred.
2: I think so. I mean, they're they're probably the best option on the board for sure. The, the offense, in terms of the offense they're facing. Uh, you don't really want to touch either the Saints or Falcons. I could see a case for the Dolphins, but they just gave up a ton of mm-hmm. points to, to the, the Browns. Browns. Yeah. So,
1: you, I mean, I don't really I mean, see... A 24 points, not a ton of points, but still, I mean, more than you'd like. More than
2: more than you would think they'd give up to a third-string quarterback slash Terrell Pryor mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, it, in terms of what you're expecting from that offense, considering the the shape that they were in and the Miami defense... I I wouldn't expect to give up that many
1: points. And exactly. It's a little concerning Yeah, somehow the, the Dolphins D is still the top price defense on the slate here. But I'm gonna go after that Bengals D, uh, merely because I don't wanna I don't wanna touch the Saints or the Falcons D. I mean, there's just too many points gonna be scored in this game and not enough big plays. I mean, those are could could be G P P options when you're just trying to differentiate yourself, but especially for your cash game, stay away from those and go with the uh Bengals D that is facing a quarterback in Tannehill that threw two picks and lost a fumble uh on in that Cleveland game. That's part of the reason that Cleveland was even in this game the whole time. So uh, that'll wrap things up for our Monday, Thursday discussion here. Uh, A lot of ways you can go with this. We kind of outlined the chalk for you. I think I'm going to throw a few lineups in because I do like this slate. I want to make Monday night a little more interesting, especially because a lot of contests on FanDuel are kind of limited to Sunday. Now only a select few include that Monday game here. Uh, And I actually like that. I prefer to have money in hand at the end of the day Sunday and, and not have to worry about sweating out another day. So I don't know. That's just my personal opinion, though.
2: Yeah. It's a true daily. If you're going without taking and adding in the Monday game, you don't have to worry about any of that. The only thing about uh, the only thing you have to worry about on Sundays is the late games mm-hmm. and what it, the the status is. You have to maybe gamble in GPPs on healthy, yeah, exactly. in, inactive, but mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about those Monday yeah. games.
1: I used Zeke Elliott all over the place yesterday, and although he had a good game yardage-wise, that game could have been so much better. You know, the hashtag anyone but Zeke is happening here. But that's a discussion for another day. Let's jump into week four quarterbacks here, and we're going to forward the prices so when we talk about Drew Brees and Matt Ryan, their prices will be different than the Monday-Thursday slate. But let's start with the top tier of quarterbacks, Chris, Cam Newton 9,300 at Atlanta, Drew Brees 8,600 at San Diego, and then the other side of that game, Phillip Rivers 8,500 versus New Orleans. I mean, I think you got to make a pretty good case for Cam Newton, even though he's on the road and his price has actually gone up despite struggling against the Vikings here. Are you going after Cam Newton or are you going to shoot for this uh, Chargers-Saints game? I think I may go
2: down to that to the Chargers Saints, just because I feel there's some value there. But uh, mm-hmm. I just want to mention, in between Newton and Breeze, there's Andrew Luck at 8,900. Oh, I
1: missed that. Thank that, you. That Good may have catch. been missed,
2: but uh, he is he is the second highest priced quarterback on the game at Jacksonville. So I, I don't know if I would go after him in this uh, slate right. of games, but.
1: You know why I missed that is because that game's being played in London at uh I believe nine thirty p- AM Central time. So that wasn't yes. in it's so if you're gonna play the NFL Sunday million on FanDuel, the twenty five hundred, yep. that game's not actually included. They're doing yes. just the noon games. So but I, uh, I was looking at the uh Thursday through Monday slate. Oh, the so full this bone is, slate. This right. has the full okay.
2: bone slate, including the Thursday games and everything. So if we're looking at Thursday through Sunday, that's the that includes Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. and that uh, the London game that is early morning Sunday for those who mm-hmm. want some early action. In football. Exactly,
1: and just to, to remind the listeners, the Miami Dolphins had a huge, huge daily fantasy game last year in London. That kind of came to or seemed to come out of nowhere with Lamar Miller going off, Tannehill, and all those receiving options there. So there are situations. I mean, the travel to London doesn't necessarily kill the fantasy. Uh, outlook for those players playing in that game
2: yeah and it's probably more of an impact on season long leagues because people will the lineups will lock versus Mm -hmm. these daily you're really only getting them in Thursday lineups so you're going to have your lineups pretty much in before those games ever start but just uh I guess a heads up for anybody to keep in mind that there is a London game this week that's early yes um but yes and back to this uh the quarterbacks I feel like I like Drew Brees and Philip. Maybe not. I'm worried about Philip Rivers a little bit. It seemed like he was cracking. He still threw for over 300 yards though this week, mm-hmm. so he still seems to not he be able to adjust to the personnel he has. Mm-hmm. And he was without Gates too this week, I believe. Exactly. So yeah, he, Hunter Henry
1: was the main beneficiary yeah. of that.
2: So I mean, you're he's down so many targets and he's still effective under center. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty impressive. I I feel yeah. like there's not a lot of quarterbacks exactly. that are able to do that, but. I, I still would be willing, I think, to roll with them. I think that'll be another high-scoring shootout between those two mm-hmm. teams, possibly. Yeah, exactly. So, and if that's the case, you're going to still have passing. And it seems like even when the Chargers get ahead, they're they aren't willing to just hand the ball off to Melvin Gordon. They still like to throw a lot, even if they're up in the second half. Yeah, Which,
1: a lot of short passes and guess, dumps seems yes. to be characteristic of them. Now, I like Philip Rivers in this game just because he's at home and he's going against the Saints. But to, to be completely honest, like I think that price is a little bit too high at eighty five hundred. I think the opportunity for value is a bit limited, especially considering how the Saints were able to uh, kind of limit the Giants a little bit earlier in this year here. So I uh, want to want to just note that. I think if I'm going top tier probably going to take cam newton on the bounce back i think not only is he poised to have a big game against the falcons uh, i think you might catch him at low ownership because of how he's performed today. or i mean at least with that minnesota defense and minnesota defense is insane i think uh people underestimate that and i'm not going to blame cam newton too much for that one let's move to the second tier quarterback so there's a lot going on russell wilson who has just been diagnosed with a sprained mcl uh he's 8400 at the jets he got big ben 8400 at home against the chiefs matt stafford 8400 on the road in chicago Derek carr 8000 at baltimore carson palmer 8000 versus the rams he's had a pretty uh tough uh, tough day sunday against the bills here for carson palmer but starting at the top chris Got to fade Russell Wilson just because we don't even know if he's going to play, and he's got ankle and knee injuries right now, so that's a little bit concerning. Uh, So let's just we'll keep him out of this discussion here. But anyone else that you like out of this group? Yeah,
2: I think the obvious choice has to be Matthew Stafford at
1: the Bears. That secondary is
2: still an issue for them, and I mean Dak Prescott had his biggest output of the season this week against Mm -hmm. the Bears. He finally threw a passing touchdown. Mm -hmm. Surprise! It comes against the that team, and uh, Stafford's a guy that. Again, the Lions are an offense that sling the ball around. He he throws it. He threw it forty-one times. He's thrown it thirty-nine, forty, and forty-one times. In the first, so he's averaging forty pass attempts per game mm-hmm. over three weeks so far. And that's the Lions' offense: is they they kind of just hand the ball to Stafford and say, "Win us the game." And sometimes mm-hmm. it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. But he's it's a guy. He's a guy that you're going to see a lot of attempts for. And I he's got some decent weapons. Obviously, he no longer has Calvin Johnson, but Marvin Jones had a huge week this week. Mm-hmm. Still has Golden Tate. Yeah, we're still Eric waiting e to see
1: what the heck happened to Golden Tate. He's around. I mean, he's on the roster. He's on the field. He's just not getting very many looks, or and he's not been able to do a lot with the looks that he has been getting. Marvin Jones, the clear op- option there. But Ebron breaking out too. I think you're right. And I mean, just talking about this Bears matchup, you've got D- Dak Prescott could have had three touchdown passes because one to Witten, he was called short at the one yard line, and another to Beasley was called short at the one yard line. All three of those, he could have three. I mean, one of them actually worked in his favor because Dak got the rushing. Touchdown Touchdown, but he could have had a three-throwing touchdown day here so uh yeah that uh that bears defense is very susceptible i think you've got this tier right i could kind of see ben big ben on a bounce back but the chiefs defense they're, they're pretty tough high scoring fantasy defense week three yeah they had
2: eight turnovers i think six yeah. interceptions mm-hmm. two fumble recoveries yeah, obviously you're not gonna through
1: six picks yes. we're not gonna get that a big ben will do a little yes. bit better i mean no, if anything. I,
2: I don't anticipate an, a repeat, anywhere near a repeat of what you saw last week against Fitzpatrick, but I, it is it is scary a little bit to to face a defense that's coming in, like,
1: probably boosted confidence after, exactly. after a strong week three. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, I, I think Ben gets – a price break a little bit compared to what he was, and he's getting Le'Veon Bell back, so don't count out that fact because that uh, could be very intriguing here. But overall, probably going to fade Derek Carr on the road against Baltimore. Their defense has played pretty well. Carson Palmer, I'm not ready to go back to him, especially with an eight thousand dollar price tag against the Rams, who uh, you know they give up a lot of points to James Winston here. But I still think that defense is better than they look on paper. Fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday. FanDuel is foot for everyday fans new contests are starting every week to ensure that there are no busted seasons just pick a contest choose your team and watch your score real time chris and i have a blast doing this every sunday in the office while we watch these games unfold you can get even more variety of contests now on FanDuel. Uh, you can try beginner contests if you're brand new you don't have to go against sharks like chris and i that's maybe a little generous chris but uh If you're brand new, you can play just against beginners because there's beginner contests there for everyone. You can also say you just want to go one-on-one with a friend, settle the score in a head-to-head contest, or try a 50-50 contest. Those are perfect for building your bankroll. That's where the whole top half of the field wins cash. You can play in larger tournaments to try to win life-changing amounts of cash. That's what I like to do every Sunday. Throw it out there, see what happens. Uh, You can even play for a buck. Uh, If you just want to try it for a buck, that option is available. Uh, Once again, there's a lot that we like on FanDuel and, and the changes are really coming through here. So have all the fantasy football has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. All right, Chris, let's start looking at the uh, quarterback's price below the $8,000 tier. I'm going to read them off real quick, and then we'll kind of think, give these guys each some thought here. Uh, Matt Ryan, 7,900, home against Carolina. He gets a a price break of a few hundred dollars of course doesn't have the Saints defense instead against the Panthers defense. That'll be a little bit different. You got Joe Flacco 7700 against Oakland. Jimmy Garoppolo 7600 against Buffalo. That's another home matchup. Uh, we're assuming Garoppolo plays. I think that's what they're going to try to do uh, but again maybe a little bit too banged up for, for my liking to be able to use especially maybe Julian Edelman gets some work under center. Uh, there's a lot going on with the Patriots and and I think either way LeGarrette Blount going to be the focal point of that offense so sidebar fade Jimmy G. Then we got Tyrod Taylor in that game. He's also 7600 on the road in New England, and Kirk Cousins 7600 against uh, against uh, the Browns here. So anybody that you like that stands out here on that uh, on that slate.
2: There's a couple of them. I like the top of the board. We're going well, not top of the board. Matt Ryan. Sorry, one below that. I kind of like Blake Bortles against Indianapolis because Mm -hmm. I feel like that game will stay relatively close. I think there could be a chance for. Both mm-hmm. teams to score a lot of points in that game because neither defense exactly.
1: is a top tier defense. Mm-hmm. So once again I missed the London game in my read. But uh yes, yes. Blake Bortles an excellent matchup. Any quarterback against the Colts yes. is going to be a solid so, matchup.
2: As you mentioned, I forgot about that. Um yeah, this game will only be available on the Thursday through Monday slate. So mm-hmm. you're not going to be getting that if you're playing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're if you if you're playing the Thursday through Monday, I do like Blake Bortles at seventy seven hundred against uh, against Andrew Luck and the Colts because I could see that game being high scoring and I could see Bortles putting up, he's only had a max of two touchdowns so far this year and he's still he's still topped uh, 20 points in one of the games despite having interception. He has had a little issues with his interceptions, turnover in the ball s- six through three games so far this year, mm-hmm. but the Colts defense probably isn't near like Baltimore necessarily. And I
1: wouldn't imagine they'll have Vontae Davis back yet. I'm not entirely sure on that, but you know, a player just coming back from injury, do you really want to make that debut with the long overseas travel? And That's just a gut feeling. You're going to want to check the practice report this week to confirm that, but, uh, but yeah, I think uh, Bortles is someone that you don't want to sleep on. Real quick, though, on FanDuel, I do want to mention, uh, if you do, we, we're talking about all these different slates. Just click on the lobby, click on NFL, and on the left side, you can pick your slates. You can see Monday through Thursday, the one that we talked about to start the show, then Thursday through Monday, if you want to get in on some of that London action and then Sunday 1 o'clock the main slate is what we're focusing on I keep reading over those London games but that's going to be a pretty big uh, big uh high scoring affair though and I do see where you're looking at with uh, Blake Bortles we had an Allen Robinson sighting this week with two touchdowns for Robinson I think Bortles is going to get back on track real quick
2: yeah I think so I, he's got the weapons there with, with both Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, Julius Thomas even Marquise Lee they, they have some a pretty good mm-hmm. group
1: of receiving targets. To and they're just season. getting Chris Ivory back to bolster yeah. the rushing game so a lot to like there. I, yeah, I he
2: should. He's also I believe their best
1: probably hmm. pass protecting
2: back too so if like a Yeldon isn't necessarily a great one and mm-hmm. and neither is uh, Denard Robinson you don't really want either of those two in there so you have Ivory back there should help a little bit maybe with some pass protection yeah, avoid some sacks exactly. too. So Keeping
1: Bortles upright will only be a good thing. Yes. Now we, th- I thought this Jacksonville defense was going to be much improved this year and that was always one of the biggest knocks on Bortles season long value, was their defense is going to get better so they won't have to get into too many shutout, shootouts. That hasn't necessarily been the case through the first three weeks of the season. Uh, Jaguars getting themselves behind and Bortles having to make up for it. So I think we're going to see Bortles probably a top five fantasy QB when it's all said and done here. I know he didn't have the strongest performance against Baltimore. The two touchdowns also had a couple turnovers. But I do like him if you are playing that London slate, though. If you are not playing the London slate, the quarterback I really like, though, in the 75 to 8 $7,900 range is Kirk Cousins, gets the Browns at home. I think uh and that even gets better if Joe Hayden's ruled out again. He was a late addition to the practice report, kind of a surprise and active. I think uh, Cousins is one of the big ones. Uh for GPPs Chris, are you looking at Cousins or did you have anyone else in mind?
2: Uh yeah, I had Cousins is one of the ones I was noting as well. I I feel like he's a good He had a slow start to the season, so I think that probably played a factor into why his price is so low right now. Mm -hmm. But he had a bounce back in week three, and I could see that continuing, especially against a a Browns defense that really hasn't impressed in any Mm -hmm. of the weeks so far.
1: Yeah, we know all about Traymond Williams, he'll probably be starting over Joe Hayden here. If Joe Hayden cannot go, I guess we'll wait and see on that. So yeah, the, the Joe Hayden thing, he's really the Browns' best defensive player now after the departure of Carlos Dansby uh last year. So, uh, the, I mean, the, a defense that was already bad loses their best defensive player. That just means good things for opposing fantasy quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you definitely want to pay attention to those defense defensive depth charts in daily especially. I mean, mm-hmm. even season long, of course, anything. It just when you just keep an eye, maybe look at a couple of, uh, if you have season long, probably just looking at the defenses of the receivers you have against your receivers. And if uh, daily, I guess whatever uh, receivers you're looking at, if you're looking at options, maybe it's not a deciding factor, mm-hmm. but it's something that you should keep in mind when,
1: When making a decision of for who you're going to take in your daily lineups, exactly. I like just. I mean, quick plug for RotoWire. Go to RotoWire.com/slash/free to get ten days. But go through any of the depth charts. You can just see by how much red there is, how many injuries are going on in that defense. And looking at the Browns, Joe Hayden's a little bit of a question mark. It looks like Tremont Williams left that game a little bit banged up. Uh, Carl Nassib wasn't active, I, I don't believe, for Sunday, and that hurts the pass rush. He's their starting defensive end in the 3-4 scheme. And strong safety, Ibrahim Campbell's still banged up. So, I mean, this Browns defense that wasn't good to start with is having a really tough problem with the injury bug. So I'm going to target Kirk Cousins a lot. I think he's going to be one of my favorite daily options to use actually here. Anyone else you look at though for GPPs to say uh, anyone we didn't mention that are 7,500 and under, or are we sticking to Kirk Cousins for GPPs?
2: Uh, I kind of like Trevor Simeon a little bit against that Tampa Bay defense. They've given up a lot of points every so far every week. They've been getting beat pretty badly. Um, And, Simeon's actually been pretty good over the last mm-hmm. few weeks last this week three he I mean, exploded and the price really hasn't reflected that probably because sometimes these uh, contests come out before the games are Completed for the NFL for Sunday So mm-hmm. you're getting the price tag of almost his week before performance So he doesn't really take that into account and you're getting him at 7400 Against a defense that's allowed 31 to the Rams 34 to the Cardinals and 24 to the Falcons so I I could see this being having another big week for Semien Mm -hmm. with the targets, with the options that he has around him. And I I feel like he's a guy that you could, Probably toss into to some lineups that may, may get overlooked a little bit exactly. in terms of the quarterbacks.
1: I don't know if he's getting overlooked anymore after that big performance on Sunday. So I think we, I don't want to suffer by the recency bias too much, but I absolutely see where you're coming from wanting to consider Simeon. I think I might throw like a dollar lineup with him together just in case, in case he's all of a sudden going to take the league by storm. Another guy I like who we discussed earlier, Dak Prescott. Prescott is only 7,200. He goes on the road to San Francisco, but I really think he's on the verge of fully breaking out. Like I mentioned, he could have had uh, three touchdown passes last night. Ended up with one throwing, one rushing, but it could have been better if those guys weren't stopped short at the one-yard line. And he draws a San Francisco defense that really kind of looked like garbage against a real gimpy Russell Wilson. I thought for sure that uh, Russell Wilson on a bum ankle wasn't going to help lead the Seahawks to covering that huge 10.5 point spread that I was seeing, but Seattle absolutely trounced San Francisco and and uh, I think that's the true colors of the 49ers defense. So Prescott's getting a favorable matchup. Again, the line last week could have been better. Of course, much of this is going to be dependent on how Des Bryant's MRI results return. He was sent for an MRI on a knee uh, on his knee on Monday morning, even though he, he re-entered the game and he played through any of the knee ailments. So, uh, But they're going to double-check that to make sure anything's going there. One last quick announcement. If Russell Wilson cannot go for whatever reason, he is dealing with the sprain MCL. People have played through it, but it is tough. Uh, If Russell Wilson can't go for any reason, it looks like Trevon Boykin would be uh, stepping in for him. He's 6,200. He's a punt play. I'd imagine he's going to hand the ball off 30 times, though, limiting the DFS success there. So probably staying away from him. But you got some GPP plays, courtesy of Chris and I, in Dak Prescott. Uh, and 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 Trevor Simeon and even Kirk Cousins here. Uh, if you're trying to differentiate yourself from the field, yeah, I would I'd agree with that. And you, if you're looking at the pun plays, the options this week
2: are Blaine Gabbert at 6400, Cody Kessler at 63, Boykin at 62, and maybe Case Keenum at 65. And yeah. Keenum's against the Arizona Cardinals.
1: We aren't going to have two terrible weeks in a row. No,
2: and I wouldn't trust Case Keenum mm-hmm. at all. Uh, so I mean, maybe. Trayvon Boykin might be the best option. Cody Kessler, I don't know if I would trust him with because Terrell Pryor. Yeah, there. Pryor he's, might
1: play some quarterback. He's going to take a lot of those meaningful red zone snaps from Cody yeah. Kessler, so that'll limit his upside here. Overall, I don't really like any of the punt play options. I think the lowest I'd be considering going would be Prescott at 7,200. Yeah,
2: I don't think I would go that low for sure, but I just of the punt plays, mm-hmm. I would say maybe Trayvon Boykin might be the best one if he's a starter just because he's a guy that can... Mm-hmm. Uh, do stuff on the ground as well, like a exactly. oh Russell Wilson. So he <laughs> yeah. might, he brings you that dynamic throw a little you, bit. Uh, a rushing touchdown or something that could get yeah. up there, but a- as you mentioned, it might not be enough to give mm-hmm. you the value I mean, maybe Jacoby
1: Brissett's week three performance is like a ceiling or something, so yeah. not a whole lot to like there. Well, uh, I'm going to head off and make some Kirk Cousins lineups here pretty soon, but before we do sign off, we have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month throw-to-wire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Just go to fanduel.com slash rw. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 to play with on FanDuel. Hopefully, we'll help you multiply that money, man, that bankroll here again. That's over forty dollars in value for just ten bucks. Go to FanDuel.com/RW. If you're already a FanDuel user and just want to check out the website, be sure to go to Rotowire.com/pod. That's Rotowire.com/pod for Chris Benzine. I'm Jake Litarsky, The Rotowire Fantasy uh, Daily Fantasy Podcast we will return Tuesday with John mckeckney and I.